0: You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chessamount Church.
1: What is up, Established Podcast? It's your host with the most, Kelsey Hope Jones. And today I am here with none other than my co-host, Brandon Lee Bridge Farmer. Whoop, whoop. Heck, yeah. What's up?
0: We are pumped been a while it's been a while we took the summer off but here we are
1: yeah you know some might call it a
0: small sabbatical but probably not right in the middle of a topic or a season of uh discussion we just took a little break
1: yeah really interesting approach some might say but it is what we did so
0: here (laughs) we we are if you want to know how to run a really well oiled machine of a podcast we are not the people to talk to that's right but we're here we're here and we're
1: ready to go. We're here and we're excited because we just got to kick off a new season of Establish last night on the good Wednesday at church. And super cool thing that we're getting to do in this semester is we have two different tracks of established that are being offered at the same time. Huge so deal. Cool. Um, so we will have a Christian story class and then we also have our Christian habits class. So podcast this semester we were talking and it's like well how do we even want to go about this because we've just been covering whatever's been happening on Wednesdays so we're excited for this season because it's going to be a blend of a couple of things we want to cover the last couple of habits that we didn't finish in the previous season because we like to
0: finish what we start here even if we take a a two-month break
1: yeah totally fine but here we are (laughs) nonetheless Uh, We also want to cover a couple of the weeks from Christian's story that we think could really be aided by some additional conversation. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we've just talked through some different topics of things that we think are valuable conversations that need to be happening first and foremost in the church. And so hopefully we'll get to see some guests that are a part of these conversations, but we're really excited for you to join us in that space. In this podcast, even though we're talking about a lot of things that are going on, during Wednesday nights, we want it to be a space that you can listen, you can be a part, um, and you can grow from conversation, whether or not you were a part of the conversation physically on our campus. But we also would love for you to be a part of what we're doing on Wednesday nights at 630 with Established. So here we are. Here we are. Week one for the new season. And we are unpacking. Is it the new season? We're going to call it the new season. I need Not you to I, I need you to stop doing that this is
0: <laughs> I, I apologize
1: yeah it's okay you almost just spewed your Celsius but I guess we're gonna move past that okay sorry I won't tell anybody <laughs> that's on me um but for for this particular week we want to unpack the Christian habit of evangelism and I'm very excited about this um, this particular week when we went through it, In the last semester in the spring, it was a shorter teaching week and it was a heavy conversation week. And so we just want to continue in some of that conversation. Hopefully it sparks something in you to ask more questions as well. Uh, But always want to start with this place. How do we define
0: evangelism and what is it? You're asking me that.
1: I'm asking you.
0: I think uh, so. I love this quote. Uh, from Donald Whitney which says if we want to define it thoroughly we could say that evangelism is presenting Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to sinful people in order that they may come to their trust in God through him to receive him as their as their savior and to serve him as their king in the fellowship of the church and he goes on to uh, make it a shorter statement but I think it's this idea evangelism is is sharing the gospel it's sharing the gospel through scripture and through our story. And, um, I do think, uh, I think when we hear the word evangelism and have a definition or whatever definition we carry, um, I think a lot of times it just brings about fear in most Christians life. For sure. Uh, I think we, we get really nervous or we, uh, we pawn it off for someone else. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is a spiritual, like there are people that are gifted, With evangelism. Yeah. But it is also the gift that has been given to all, like, or the command that has been given to all Christians. Right. So there are people, um, I think even on our staff, like people like Greg Worley or Chase Adams or even Brian Hall, like, that are just naturally evangelistic. For sure. Um, And then you have people like me, who I do not think it is like the gift God has given me, but I've been called to do it. Right. uh, Which is is sometimes a frustrating thing to like when you're uh, told to do something that you're not really talented in.
1: A hundred percent, yes.
0: And so I think for those, I think of like a Marcus Donaldson um, who I've watched walk up to people on the street who he has no idea who they are and and immediately can connect with them. Yeah. And that's actually like terrifying to me. For sure. Um, and so I've had to learn how to walk in different ways of doing it um like i want to stretch myself yes. just because i'm not good at something doesn't mean i shouldn't do it right. or that it makes me nervous um so i want to always put myself outside of my comfort zone and um but to know that like this is a gift or the gifting and the calling on all christians life um, i don't know if that answers what you're asking but no,
1: th- that's great I think that sometimes we like to give the cop-out to not share the gospel with our voices because we're sharing it with our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And while that is a valid truth to an extent because we are supposed to live the gospel with our lives, we should live the gospel in such a way that it provokes questions that give us the opportunity to speak, but it does not scape us of having to share the gospel with our mouths. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're the mouthpiece. <laughs> we are the hands and the feet, but we are also the mouthpiece that God has chosen to use to reach the ends of the earth. But I, I find myself in a similar boat to you, Bibi. I know one of the most terrifying things for me stepping into uh, my work with FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, is literally like by definition, I'm a missionary. Yeah, And being called to, step into a role as a missionary where I feel like evangelism is very much not in my wheelhouse mm. was like, I can't really make sense of that. <laughs> like, Lord, why would you call me to something where I'm like not gifted with the most prevalent gift needed for this field? And it is hard. I think for me, evangelism is a very uncomfortable thing that we've been called to do Actively. Yeah. And I have to wrestle with that tension because it is much, much easier to choose selfishness and shyness and my flesh um, mm. instead of stepping outside of myself and remembering that people's eternities are on the line. And I think for me, one of the things that I would really like to talk about that I wrestle with this tension of relational evangelism mm-hmm. versus like your street evangelism. So when you're talking about people like Marcus and Chase, who are very gifted in street evangelism, when I think about them street evangelizing, it makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) And I wish that wasn't the case. It just, it makes me so nervous, Mm -hmm. the thought of just approaching somebody with something so bold. But relational evangelism, I thrive in. Because I want to do the long, long, Hard work of knowing you, connecting with you, building your trust, and actively sharing the gospel with my voice and my life alongside one another. Yeah. Street evangelism, I might get five minutes tops. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is a hard thing for me, and I think that we need to be doing both things. For sure. So what... What does it look like, I guess, in your life, the difference in these two? Are you in a similar boat to me where one is like much more natural, (laughs) (laughs) much more comfortable?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, relational for me is always, um, is more comfortable because you've built trust. There's still always that nerve wracking moment of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to tell them an offensive message. Right. Um, and I think the danger for me when it comes to relational evangelism is uh, waiting till I think it's right. Mm. And sometimes you just wait too long. Uh, now, my first job in ministry was like, uh, it was a mixture of the two. Uh, so when I worked for Straight Street back in the the beginning days of Straight Street Ministries, we, we went to like skate parks, coffee shops, tattoo parlors, and just – our goal was share the gospel. And, um, but I learned, like, I was like, I'm way more effective with these people if I get to know them and get to like hear their story. And that before I like, so I didn't feel like I was cramming something down. Right. Um, not that some, like there's some people that have the gift, like they could walk up to you, have five minutes with you and it never feels crammed. Right. But I think at the end of the day, um, you have to learn your gifting. And then stretch yourself where you're not gifted. So, like, mm. being able to ask questions, just, one, remind yourself you're not the one that saves. You're not the one that makes them believe. Yeah. Um, and that helps you. I also think, like, another person that's incredible at, like, approaching someone, helping them feel comfortable, and then sharing the gospel is Sue Joy. Yeah. And, because she, she's a missionary. Like, she's a missionary here. She's a missionary overseas. All this, and... Uh, I'll never forget we were doing uh, we are doing like door to door inviting people to VBS. So we're not even really like sharing the gospel. We're just inviting them to church, which should be easy, right? And uh, but there's a nervousness to it. And I remember someone saying like uh, telling her to be careful because we were just approaching houses. <clears throat> and she said, "What do I have to be afraid of? I have a legion of angels around me, and <laughs> I love that boldness." But that's the thing like we go like God goes before us yeah. and guides us and any harm like God knew was coming and he's going to use it uh, or any devastation or any disappointment we feel like the the reality is obedience and sharing our faith, whether it is what me and you are more gifted at and uh, building relationships and then sharing our faith or as we're building this relationship, sharing our faith or just walking up and approaching like a waitress or a barista or. Someone on the street or whatever it is um, is to know like the 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 goal of that is obedience. Right. The goal of sharing your faith is just to be faithful to what the gospel says.
1: Hmm.
0: And it, but but a lot of times we put uh, the success of evangelism on if they responded or not, no, that's if true. they accepted Jesus or not, and if that's the measure of how we, uh, if that's our success measurement then, man, that's missing it. Because mm. we're, listen, even if they don't respond, the gospel seed's been planted. Right. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think uh, when we're, and then in the sense of all this, with what we're doing established is discipleship's always it. So right. hopefully it's not a like drop in conversation and you never see them again. Hopefully you're figuring out, and the best case scenario would be that it, even if it's the first time you meet him, you share the gospel, then somehow you're building a relationship. Right,
1: right. I am curious, while I'm listening to you, kind of sparked a question for me. Do you think that there is a wrong time to evangelize? Is there a wrong time to share the gospel? And I guess like a part two to that question would be, should we ever be doing that without prompting from the Holy Spirit? Because if if the gospel hmm. is going to prevail and seeds are going to be scattered, whether they're planted or sown or whatever kind of soil they're falling on, is it ever a wrong time for us to present it?
0: Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think how I want to answer this question. I want to say yes and no to that as the answer. Okay. And and I like, I think, I think the only time you shouldn't share the gospel is if God's made it abundantly clear. Don't do this. Hmm. Um, I can think of like some bad, like there's bad ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, even some people probably wouldn't like that. I, don't, uh, that's a great question, and you've stumped me. Uh, I think uh, I'll say that unless he's made it abundantly clear that you should not share the gospel.
1: So, so would you say that it's an across-the-board call to obedience to share the gospel, mm-hmm. because? I think sometimes another camp that I can find myself falling in, and maybe, listener, you're just as guilty as me, but I want to cop myself out of evangelism. And I don't like go looking for ways, but I find ways. And one of oh, those yeah. is if I haven't been prompted, then then I'm not supposed to. When in reality, I think there's some truth on the other side of the coin where, yes, when we're prompted, that's an obvious, yes, you better walk in that or you're going to be dealing with your own disobedience. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I've been commanded to go and make disciples, to share yeah. the good news. So unless, I, unless there's clarification that I shouldn't, then is there ever a wrong time? Because I almost lean towards saying, if he doesn't specifically say no, then the answer yeah. is go.
0: What? So, I'll say this. If, let's say, if we're always waiting on the feeling to share the gospel, we're never going to share it.
1: That's good. Yeah.
0: Um, So, I I think too, a lot of this comes down to like social awareness. So, if Mm. I do approach someone on the street um, or in a restaurant or something like that, and you can tell like they're not trying to, they're not trying to engage in any kind of conversation. Yeah. I don't think there's anything with like, um, you can make the comment like hey i just want you to know like i believe jesus loves you or or whatever like that blanket statement is yeah. without it getting explicit like asking them to respond to a like question yeah um so it is that moment of like understanding uh social cues and some people are better at that than others yeah um but if we are if we're waiting if we're The danger of what I said earlier is then we can flip that and say, Well, I never feel prompted to share. Yeah. The reality is, we should always be looking for opportunities to share the gospel. And some people are more gifted at uh, opening up that conversation easier than others. Um, But you don't want to, like, we're not trying to force it down their throat. Right. Or just trying to check it off that we did it and, All right, I can breathe now I did it. Right. We want to be effective. Uh, missionaries with our life and Um And so it's learning those moments. But so there are moments, but if we, that we shouldn't share, like, but that doesn't mean like we got to be careful in that moment because then we'll just like cop out and never do it.
1: For sure. For sure. Which ultimately, I mean, it, it comes down to discernment <laughs> yeah. of just being, being aware. Yeah. Um, I just blanked. I had another question. I was really ready
0: to... I bet it was going to be a zinger.
1: Yeah, I already gave you one. I was ready to give you a second. (laughs) Man, so I think another piece of this too, though, is when we're talking about the Christian habits, spiritual disciplines, is that this is a discipline. And if it's a discipline, then that means that we have to grow in our practice of doing it, not only consistently, but doing it with excellence. Right. And so there's a reality that I'm never going to improve at evangelism or grow to be more comfortable evangelizing if it's not something that I am looking to do in
0: my regular life. That's right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, uh, all of the, when we talk about habits and disciplines of the Christian life, like, we have to work at them and we have to, uh, and you know, the saying of practice makes perfect. Like you should share, like, even if this could feel, this would be awkward for a lot of people, but we did it in this lesson of like even role playing the scenario and practicing it yeah. with other believers because, uh, I, I think we'll, I think it's, this is the easiest one to say. I'm just not going to do it. Cause I don't like how, I don't think I'm effective or it's hard. And, um, and there's so many different methods, right? There's so many right. different ways of sharing your faith. I think the most practical and the easiest one to do is just to share to share your story. Hmm. Because it doesn't it's not sharing my story doesn't feel like I'm pushing something on you. Yeah. It's saying, Hey, I wanna I wanna tell you about something that radically has changed my life. So I want to introduce you to someone that like that, sh- that shaped and changed everything for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. So in a practical way, like when you're having a conversation with maybe somebody that you have just met or somebody that you don't know or even somebody that you have a relationship with, which I understand those are all three different scenarios, but if you're approaching that conversation to share your story, is that usually like the way that you would initially approach that? Like your strategy right? Because I, I lean towards that too. That makes the most sense to me. And I guess for lack of better terms, plays to my strengths where it's like I can connect in that way, but still clearly help Yeah. communicate the gospel. Like, do you start by sharing your story? Do you engage them with theirs? Like practically, I'm just curious what that looks like for you.
0: I think all, well, all three of those probably play out very differently. Right. Uh, someone I've never met before, First time interaction, I want to know them first. Hmm. Um, I want to hear their story, and then I might ask questions—the Kennedy questions we've talked about—in the sense of like, um, like engaging them on their thoughts of what happens after life. Like, how confident are they? If there is a heaven, how confident are you that you would go to it? On a scale of one to ten. And then helping them understand there can be certainty. So it all depends. Like, but I, I do think like, um, for the person on the street that is not a believer and a Christian engages them, they just expect to be talked at. Mm-hmm. So I want to listen, yeah. And then I want to ask a lot of questions based on what they said. And then, and then either ask the Kennedy questions, which we can talk about in a second, or, um, or hey, let me can I share if I have something in common with them. I want to engage them with my story. Yeah. Now, if it's relational and I've built this relationship with someone, I want to tell them my story. Like, I want to be like, hey, I don't, so I love going to lunch with people and saying, hey, I want to, I I know these things about you, but I want to hear your story. Yeah. And that's like, people love telling their story.
1: Yeah.
0: One, I think most people really like talking about themselves. For sure. Um, It's the easiest thing to talk about and there's nothing wrong with that. But then, being able to engage them with their story, asking questions about their story, um, I think that's where a lot of Christians miss: is they don't know how to listen, yeah, and they don't know how to engage based on what the person's saying. Um, and so I want to do that. So it, mine is, uh, it's case by case, um, yeah. and I'm not great at it. But so I just lean heavily on my story. Hey, let me tell you about my story. This is what I went through. Uh, and i relate a lot to kids that grew up in church and and played the church game yeah and 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 then played two different lives yeah so like i can i can engage with that person a lot easier than i can someone that has no experience with church yeah um but yeah so that's that's the thing like i want to be able to um in that moment uh, adapt and then i know people like i Jonathan Pocluda who's a pastor in Waco Texas uses the Kennedy questions and he tries to do it every day with someone. Like share Ooh. he tries to share the gospel every day with someone. And in the uh it's super practical. Yeah. Like uh do you have a faith? You're just always like you have a faith and the reality is faith isn't just like a Christian thing. You have faith in yourself, faith in all. Yeah. And so people engage in that and like Well, if there, and then it's like hypothetically, if there's a heaven on a scale of one to 10, how likely is it? How, how confident are you that you would go?
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of people are like, that's interesting. And then whatever number they say, seven, eight, three, like you're like, well, why that number? Yeah. Like, and then engaging them that way. And then you can go, hey, you can be, you can be confident. That there is, like, if this person, Jesus, is real. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Right. And then you're sharing the gospel. Right. And the whole time, hopefully praying that the Holy Spirit is softening the heart. Yeah. Is uh, transforming their mind. Um, because there's no argument that gets someone into heaven. Right. Um, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, ripping the veil from their eyes, that they might see their need for a Savior and respond right. to that. Right.
1: I think too, we, this is an area in particular. And I guess maybe it's heightened for me, maybe it's heightened for you because this isn't our strength. So yeah. for the listener who maybe this is your strength, maybe it doesn't quite hit the same way for you. But I know like in this particular arena, it is so much more apparent to me than other places where I can kind of yeah. get away with some things or cover up some things that I am in desperate need to beg the yeah. Holy Spirit yeah. of like, I, I need your courage. I need your boldness. I need your words. My goodness, I need your wisdom and discernment because I I don't want to so aggressively come off as Mm. zealous in my faith that I turned somebody away from the best news that I've ever known. Mm. On the flip side, I don't want to dilute the greatest thing I've ever heard in my whole life because I'm too afraid to express one bold statement to you. Mm. And that line is like, if at any point I become so arrogant as to think that I can do that well mm. apart from the Holy Spirit of God, then I shouldn't be saying what I'm saying to begin with.
0: Yeah. These this in this idea, what God's called us to in evangelism is is terrifying to me because I'm not. It's not my strongest suit. Yeah. Uh, but man, when I walk in it, it's the most exhilarating thing. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's like God. Like, you'll be, uh, you've probably, I, I, I know you've experienced this because you do FCA. Yeah. But when you're sharing faith and then all of a sudden stuff's just popping to head, it's like, I don't know where that came from in yeah. my mind. And it's like, yeah, because the Holy Spirit goes before me and is, and is bringing to uh, memory. and um, But there's also the sense, uh, have you ever had a, like, really poor experience with someone trying to share their faith with you? Like have you ever had someone that didn't know you, you were a believer and they tried to share Jesus with you.
1: Yes. I actually kind of share yes, and share. No, this that's actually happened to me, um, back in the spring. So, um, there are a couple of girls that I disciple from church and we meet every Tuesday and we were in the thick of meeting and we meet at a coffee shop that's central for all three of us. And we're sitting at this table. Our Bibles are out it's not a loud place. We're very obviously having discussion about the book on our table. And a woman approached me and tried to share the gospel with me. And, and it was just a confusing thing because it was confusing to hear what she said. And it was also confusing because it's like, I, it it appears you're in Christ and it, it also appears that I am in Christ and it was just, it was confusing because the things that she said weren't completely true. Um, And it was also a very like afraid attempt. And it was something between like, I walked away from that wanting to engage her in more conversation. Um, And I also walked away from that of like, you know, maybe, maybe she's just trying to grow in her boldness and yeah. her courage, but <laughs> it's like. Even for a stranger that could have looked over and seen, like, we have Bibles out. Like, we're spending time in the Word together. Um, it was something as small as just trying to invite us to her church. And it was just confusing. So I've been engaged in ways that was like, oh, man. Like, that's not that's not quite it. And then on the flip side, like, man, heartbreaking the amount of conversations. Like, through, through my job, the amount of conversations I have with kids that think they get it and have absolutely no idea. And when you try to practice with them of trying to work on sharing their faith and then, I mean, we want to give honest feedback. We don't want to be so hypercritical. Like there's so much room for grace as you're walking out and working out your faith and learning to grow in conversation skills and how to talk about this book that I am just now starting to understand. Like so, so, so much grace. But we also want to help, like, steer you in the right way and speak truth. Yeah. And there are sometimes it's like, oh, man, like, yeah, oh, we, we've missed something along the way. Like, on both sides of the coin, um, yeah, I've received it and I've had to help correct it in ways. And it's, yeah. it's tough. But I'm also thankful for the people that have corrected me along the for way. Sure.
0: Yeah, I've had so many, like, probably... I can think of, I'm not going to share all the stories, but I can think of so many stories like where I've messed up. But I think one of the funniest ones that ever happened to me was uh, there was a season where I cleaned carpet for a living and um, and I was cleaning this lady's apartment and um, it was such so, such a weird interaction with her anyways. And uh, And at the end, she signs all the paperwork and she hands me this piece of paper and it looks like a dollar bill. And I was like, all right. And I just walked away like I'm not like I knew what was happening. And I got to I got back out to the car and looked, and she had just given me this track and it was the cheesiest gospel explanation. And I know tracks can be like really effective ways of sharing the gospel. This wasn't. And uh, but it's just one of those moments where I wanted to go back and be like, hey, I do like I know him like I know Jesus like, yeah, uh, this wouldn't help me know him. Yeah. And two, like you're missing it by just pawning it off on this piece of paper, yeah. Like, you engage the conversation. Um, and so it was just one of those awkwards It was like, uh, or I've ever like get back to your car from a parking lot and there's a piece of paper and I'm like, yeah, is maybe this like Holy Spirit can do whatever He wants and save anyone however He chooses. Uh, but I'm like, is this actually like? And they usually just feel very damning and. Uh, insulting almost. And so I just think Jesus, how Jesus engaged people. When we read the gospels, it's like he's connecting with them and he's using things around him. So when you think about the parables, he's using stories that that they immediately relate to. right? And so that's the thing of like, be able to listen to people, engage them, engage them on their story, engage them what's going on around and tie it all back to the gospel. Learn how to thread the gospel into every moment and every conversation you have.
1: Yeah, I would say that one of the most helpful growth moments for me in being discipled was learning what it looked like to communicate my story mm-hmm. alongside scripture so that it wasn't, hey, I'm just talking about me and everything that's happened to me, but instead I know that Jesus was is and will always be the focal point of my story and trying to figure out how do i communicate effectively mm-hmm. what i've walked through so that i can commu- i can connect with another person in my same brokenness my same sinfulness but also share the hope of redemption that had nothing to do with me and had everything to do with the person of jesus right. but in discipleship somebody coming alongside me helping me understand how to parallel that with scripture and how to magnify scripture and magnify God much more than I magnified myself was huge. But I also had to grow and mature again through being discipled on Kelsey. Sometimes you just say too much and you say it with too much passion and like, Hey, that's a great thing that God has put in your heart. Let's just rein it in a little bit. It, It was the growing up process of I had to learn how to listen well Mm -hmm. because people don't always need to hear all of my story. Sometimes they don't need to hear any of my story. Sometimes you just can listen, and you can hear the pieces that are broken and in need of redemption, and you can speak into that with the hope of Jesus Christ, and that is enough. It doesn't always require me to connect, and I wrestle with that. Because I live to connect with people. I want to figure out what we have in common. I want to meet you in that place in a very vulnerable, honest, real way. And I want to bring and invite the gospel in there. But the older that I've gotten and have been humbly matured through wonderfully older people that love me and speak truth to me, it's helping me understand like sometimes I just overcomplicate evangelism because I think if I can't get through my whole story, there's no shot that they're going to get it. Oh, Kelsey, you idiot. Like I just have to back myself up sometimes and realize if I were to just listen with the intention of listening instead of speaking, Mm -hmm. and if I were to listen and actively beg the Holy Spirit for discernment and for the words that he sees fit for the situation, the rest flows pretty naturally. For sure. But it's that heightened awareness.
0: Yeah. And it's where these the the habits that we've already talked about, um, are so crucial. If you're in the scripture, if you're if you're actively praying, uh, and in and walking in step with the spirit, if you've cultivated a heart of worship, like this of ev- evangelism will pour out of you. Right. Um like if you've truly met Jesus and then you're walking with Him, it's natural that you're going to tell someone about Him. Right. You don't have and you don't have to be the street evangelist. Like, that doesn't have to be all you do. Yeah. Like you should when when the Holy Spirit makes it clear when you feel that prompt like in your spirit where you're like, I don't know why but I feel like I need to talk to that person. That's not like uh, this weird thing that's happened. That's the Holy Spirit saying, "Hey, I'm telling you, go do it." Yeah. And then he's going, like, when you're walking his step, he's going to empower. But it's learning to die to yourself and walk in obedience. Yeah. And it's going to be awkward. Yeah. You're going to tell someone that they're dead apart from Jesus. But Jesus is made a way. It's an offensive message. For sure. And you learn to walk in grace. You learn discernment and these kind of moments. And and sometimes, like, maybe that person that you feel the prompt is, hey, you just need to get to know him and then somehow build that relationship yeah. with him. The Christian life is not about doing just what's easy yeah. or what's comfortable. It's doing what's obedient and and knowing that we have a legion of angels. Yeah. So.
1: And there's nothing comfortable. There will never be anything comfortable about the act of daily dying to yourself. Nope. I don't look forward to dying daily. It's not the my favorite thing I get to do in my day, if I'm just being honest. But... There is so much life on the other side mm. of getting myself out of the way. Yeah, it's putting my eyes back where they need to be, and it's reminding me that it has nothing to do with me at all. That's right. And I'm the only one that stands in the way most of the time. Yeah, that's good. And how many people are missing out on the best news that I've it's ever best known? News.
0: And that's the thing: is that if we really do believe that we hold the greatest message, the greatest news. The, what has saved our soul, then we should want to tell others about it. That's how right. how selfish of a thing that we would hoard this to ourselves. Hmm. So that is a dying to myself to say, hey, I, Jesus has radically redeemed me. Yeah, I want to tell someone about it.
1: So I want to close with this question, this thought. Hmm. For the listener, and I'll include myself in this because I, if I'm being honest, sometimes evangelism comes in waves and it comes in waves of convenience a lot of the time. And it's something that I have to beg the Holy spirit to burn it inside of me, a desire to evangelize. But for the listener that maybe is listening to the last comments you made, BB, that's a hard pill to swallow of like how selfish do I have to be? Well, now I'm having to sit here and contemplate how (laughs) selfish I must be. Um, But how how do we get to a place where we're not, so selfish that we are willing to get outside of ourselves and supernaturally rely on the Holy Spirit to go and spread the good news of the gospel
0: uh I think we just have to do it. Um, I think it's daily it's it's walking with him walking in obedience walking in a prayer life where we want to see people the way that Christ sees them mm-hmm. like what a what a hard but simple prayer to pray. Jesus, I want to see people the way you see them. Yeah, um, I want to hurt th- for the things you hurt for. Like, I want to be burdened by what burdens you. I want to. Yeah. I want to love what you love. And if that's the case, then according to Scripture, He loves I'm like for God so loved the world, right? Yeah. And so I want to see people that way. And then I've got like it's. Uh, I take up my cross and I follow Him and I die to myself. Yeah. And so that means I die to wanting to be liked mm-hmm. wanting to be thought of as popular wanting to be uh, whatever it is and just say hey, like and then dying to like my performance yeah that i have like yeah. i like no one like we 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 care so much about what people think about us yeah when eternity is on the line mm-hmm. and so if i put that into perspective then like what why would i not want to share that's right And so I, I think the, the practical is just, we've, we just got to do it. Yeah. And then you're going to like, the more you do it, the better you'll like walk in your discernment and learn what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Like Jesus is going to do what he can use the worst, (laughs) the worst of He could use the, the worst track or the worst method or whatever it is to save someone. Yeah. And so the reality is, he, but he's just been like, I want you to be faithful. Mm. Just be faithful. I'll take care of the fruit. You be faithful. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Just do it. Go tell someone the greatest the greatest message the world could ever hear.
1: You heard it here from Bibi. Make like Nike.
0: Just do it. Oh, Lord. I'm now wearing you, a Nike shirt.
1: You are wearing a Nike shirt. I didn't even do With
0: that. With Adidas shoes. You shouldn't have confessed All that. things to all people. Stop that. <laughs> That I might win some.
1: <laughs> it feels like in that outfit, you will win
0: none. All
1: right, listener.
0: <laughs> mm. It was hurtful.
1: I thought that was kind of funny. It was hurtful. Hey, for real though, I'm, I'm thankful for conversations where we can actively confess as we sit here working through it yeah. too for us, BB, that like, man, this is hard. And and listener, like this is hard work. Um, All the disciplines are hard. They take That's why they're called discipline. They take discipline for a reason, um, but they're also worth it. It is worth the hard work, especially for the opportunity that even one could know Christ. That's good. And so, man, be obedient today. Do something that gets you outside of yourself today and have an intentional conversation where you value somebody else more than you value yourself. And maybe, just maybe, it could win a soul. Amen.
0: Oh, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: my God. Listeners, you're in for a treat.
0: Once (laughs) I learn this board, it's over. (laughs) Yeah, we
1: got a sound board. I feel like you should have explained what this board is. Um, and it's got all sorts of different like sound effects. (laughs) I feel like that one should happen after we introduce our guests. That's true. What a win. Well, we're sad that we have to go now, but (laughs) this is getting ridiculous. We got to close this. Hey, for real. We're so thankful for this conversation and we look forward to our next episode. But until next time, get low, move slow, and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys.